Hey, this is Bradley Weber, and I'm super pumped that you're joining us today. If you're a part of our Release City family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you on our social media platforms at Release City Church or on our website at releasecitychurch.org. There, you can stay connected with what's happening within the ministry, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with other Release City family around the world. Now, I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you to run your race and become all that God is calling you to be. Now, let's jump into today's message. Welcome to church. Again, how many glad you're here this morning? So many, so many family and friends in the house and those that are tuned in through Facebook Live and listening by podcast at a later date. Um, thank you so much for connecting with us. You know, in spite of the pandemic and in spite of what's going on, we as a ministry are reaching more people than we've ever reached in the course of this ministry through Facebook and through podcasts and those that are watching and those that come in this room. And it's because of your faithfulness that we have food in the house, your faithfulness in giving and tapping into uh, the principles that God has, um, has laid out for us so that we can live life and life more abundantly according to his word. Amen. Amen. I just believe that however you're listening, whether it's Facebook, podcast, or you showed up in here in person, I just believe this word today, if you'll open up your ears and open up your heart, it will transform your life and you will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Do you believe that? Say amen. amen. Come on, say, say open. My, my ears are open and my heart is ready. All right, let's go. So we, we kicked off this, this collection of talks or this series last week, uh, and I titled it um, this subject, Against All Odds. Have you ever had a week where you just felt like everything is coming against you? Come on, somebody, be real up in here. It is the church. Do not lie. Ever had one of those weeks where everything's just coming, and like the odds were not in your favor? What was that movie? May the odds forever be in your favor. Hunger Games. That would actually be a message right there. I could preach, I'll preach anything. But I just believe that when we come into church, we should show up hungry and stop playing games. Okay, that was too much for you. That, I was trying not to be deep. I tried just to keep it real. No cap. Okay. Too much, B, too much, too much. Listen, I just believe that we are living in a, the most crazy times. Yes? And that regardless of how uncertain things are, we have a God who is not uncertain. He is certain. He is certainly. Don't need interpreter right there. That was just. He was certainly is in control. In spite of the questions, in spite of what's going on. And, and in this collection of talks, I, I just kind of really asked the question. A couple questions is, what do we do when the odds are stacked against us? What do we do? When life doesn't make sense, what do we do when fear and anxiety and disappointments are running rapid in our lives and in our city? What do we do? How do we handle it? I told you last week that when you and I are faced with impossible odds, that is, that is setting God up to do some of the most miraculous things. When things don't make sense, when things seem to get out of control, that is the breeding ground for the miraculous. That is the breeding ground for God to show up in your life and just flip it, flip the script and, and turn it upside down. Amen? And I, I also asked this question. I said, and I've been asking it a lot. I said, if, if the enemy is fighting the church so hard, 
What does he see that we don't see? What is it? I'll tell you what it is. That this season that we're in, that it's going to bring more than just revival. It's going to bring a spiritual awakening to our nation like we've never seen before. And that's what he's scared of. Because people are depending on him more. Um, almost every message that, that, that I've preached in the past, uh, since January of last year, has been that we trust God. Never before in my life have I ever been, ever been in a place where I say, God, I truly trust you in spite of all this craziness. God, I trust you. And then last year, when my parents passed away, God, I don't understand, but I trust your heart. And if we as the body of Christ can move outside of, of what's going on and, and, and in our nation, and I, I turned on the news in my car the other day for the first time in several months uh, just because I wanted to capture what, the, the, the latest of what's going on. And I'm just going to tell you, my blood pressure medicine, I needed more. It was not working for me. And I quickly, and God was like, are you going to turn the station or are you going to let it keep creeping up? I had to turn it off. Some of you need to turn it off. I don't know what it is. I'm, it may not be a news station. It needs, to, it needs to be whatever is robbing you of your joy, whatever is robbing you and, 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 and putting anxiety and fear. You need to kick the devil to the curb and say, you stay up there. I got places to be. I'm not holding back today. I just can't do it. So let's go right into Mark, the ninth chapter, beginning with verse 14. This is a story that we, this kind of um, the nucleus of, of this little two-part series, and I'm going to go to it in the book of Mark. Mark kind of gives um, more detailed to this story. It's the story of Jesus healing uh, the little boy who was um, demon-possessed. So I'm going to start in the 14th, 14th chapter. I probably need to slow down a little bit so my, my brain and my tongue can keep up because right now either I don't or y'all going to have... Notice I clear out the front row because I bathe them like Shamu. It's like, and then, you know, you may see a Hall's cough drop go flying through the air. So I probably, either that or it's going to get stuck and somebody's going to come up here. and Mark. <laughs> Mark chapter 9. Here we go. No monster. No monster. No monster. Okay, here we go. When they returned to the other cities, excuse me, when they returned to, rewind, when they returned to the, to the other disciples, why am I having a hard time reading this? They saw a large crowd surrounding them and some teachers of religious law. Everybody say religious. That's your church people. Religious law were arguing with them. Funny. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe and they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about, Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. Or rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they could not do it. Everybody say they tried. Jesus said to them, He's talking to his boys now. You faithless people. Everybody thought Jesus was sweet Jesus all the time, just hanging out with the sheep. <laughs> he said, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening, Jesus asked the boy's father. And he replied, since he was a little boy. 
The spirit often throws him into the fire or into water trying to kill him. Ever felt like the enemy was attacking you so much and you just felt like he was trying to give you a headache? Let me tell you something. The enemy's not after your mind. He's after your soul and he's after your life. He's not trying to give you a headache. He's trying to kill you. He's not trying to get you just to have a disagreement on a Sunday morning with your spouse or your kids before you come to the house. He's trying to take you out. Stop playing games with the devil. He ain't playing with you or me. So he replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him to the fire into the water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Verse 23, what do you mean if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. So now you got fear and faith in the same location. When Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers, that it was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said. I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into a violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. Afterward, Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, and they asked him this question. Why couldn't we cast out the evil spirit? And Jesus replied, this kind can be cast out only by prayer, and another translation will say, and fasting. There are some obstacles and some things that come against us that we will not be able to overcome just by saying, devil, stop. Sounds good. In Jesus' name, stop. You can use the name of Jesus. Some things that we are going through is going to take us and require us to, for us to begin prayer and fasting. And that's why just, just a week ago, we went through seven days of prayer and fasting because our list, we get a text message uh, literally every day of people not just in our ministry, but people outside in the community that go to other churches or maybe they're not part of a church, but they believe in God and they, they know that we're praying. And we're, we're praying, we're literally praying. We're not just getting pray for this and we send a thumbs up emoji back it's literal prayers that are coming through on text message if you've never felt the holy spirit come through a phone you need to jump on the prayer chain text so from this story we know that when we're facing impossible odds we must have faith what was that old song from the 80s gotta have faith the faith the faith somebody said, this brother is that what it says gotta have faith george michael i mean it don't matter what their lifestyle looked like. What matters is he told you the truth. The first point that I gave you, you got to be kidding me. Boy. The first point that I gave you last week is um, in order to face impossible odds that I must have impossible faith. It's a faith that doesn't make any sense. It's a faith that when God shows up, people are going to look at it and go, but that was impossible, yes, but I had faith, and God took care of this. So when you're facing impossible odds, the first thing you need is impossible faith. It's not just a cute little prayer from Sunday school or vacation Bible school. The second point that I gave you last week was I must trust God and keep going. Sometimes people go, I'm going to trust you, but I'm going to wait right here. Biblically, waiting on God looks a whole lot more like working than it does doing nothing. And we like to do nothing, 
and we'll, we'll put the Jesus tag on it while I'm just waiting on God. He's waiting on you. He's done everything he can do. He, actually, he's done everything he needs to do, and he's instilled and put inside of you everything you need to get the job done. He just wants to know, will you tap into it? Somebody say, it's on me. Yeah, but Pastor B, I'm, 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 I'm just tired. I'm, I'm, I just can't do it anymore. Listen, that was the next point. Drop your anchor. When you're in a storm and you're in a, in a boat, what do you do? That boat's just going all over the place. You drop that anchor. That anchor, no matter how big the storm is, that, that boat will stay right there. And you got a big ship. They got those stabilizers, and that'll keep everything. Jesus Christ is our, there's, no, there's nothing more stable and rock solid than the rock. So drop your anchor. The Bible says he's an anchor for our soul. Our soul is our mind, our emotions, and our will, our intellect. So when, think, when we're up against all odds, what goes crazy? Our emotions, our mind, and our will. We're going to do it how we want to get it done because God's not fast enough. Oh, me. And so the Bible says he's an anchor for our soul. And then the last point that I gave you as we conclude, and then we're going to move right on. In the last remaining moments that we have was to replace worry with worship. Replace worry with worship. Worship can transcend and can, can completely uh, change the atmosphere in a home. When your kids are crazy. Ansley Grace is a baby. We used to, we used to put worship music on. Well, when she was in the crib, it was Daddy's little CD, and 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 so she that we just we did, that's how she slept. We just we just kept that in there because we don't know what's going on or what things she might have when we go to Walmart and somebody goes, oh, that's a sweet little baby, and they rub what they've got going on in their life on your child. Don't let every don't just let anybody touch you, and don't just let anybody pray for you just because they say the name of Jesus. So replace worry with worship. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going to read this from the NLT this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. Is that, did I not put that in the screen? That's on me, bro. Everybody say, that's okay. I can find it. Just give me a minute. <laughs> 2 Corinthians Chapter 6, verse 2. Oh, I love it. And just the right time I heard you on the day of salvation, I helped you. Everybody say right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. On-time God. Yes, he is. I love this line. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. Why? Because he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Now, this verse is talking about salvation and because he's saying that now is the day of salvation. Behold, now is the accepted time. But what you need to know is God's not always going to show up when you think you need him. Sometimes you got to brace for impact, but he'll always show up when you need him to. And he won't show up in the way that you think he needed to. And he don't always do it like you think and felt he should have. It says, at just the right time I heard you, on the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Maybe today is the first day that you, you start trusting God's timing. Maybe today is the first day you start trusting his timing. Trusting God with uncertain, with the uncertain times that we're living in. Trusting God with the uncertainty of what your next move is supposed to be. Or uncertainty of, God, am I supposed to stay here? Now, if you're, if you're one of those that's married and says, I don't know if I'm supposed to stay with him. Hold on. Keep it within scripture. 
There's a big difference between covenant and just a piece of paper. Having faith when we're faced with impossible odds can be difficult. I can think of a, a few choice words that hit my, hit my brain. They don't always come out of my mouth, but sometimes they may when I face impossible odds. Mason, you okay? <laughs> Love you, little man. All right, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. That one's there. Now faith. Now faith is. Everybody say, it is. Now faith is. Everybody say, now. Faith is not when it's all worked out. Faith is not when you know, you can, all, you can kind of feel that there's, you know, when God's asking you to step out and he's saying just trust me and step out in faith. Faith is not when you can feel a little bit. That's not faith. Faith is now. Now faith is. In uncertain times, now faith is. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Impossible odds requires impossible faith. Personally, when I'm going through a painful season, I look to God and go, what's the purpose? Anybody going through a painful season right now? Just say, God, what's the purpose? There's nothing about God allowing us to go through something that he doesn't have a plan and a purpose for you in that season. So when I'm going through it, I say, God, it's not that I want you to get me out of this, God, but help me to see my purpose in it. Listen, uh, we're talking about promises and things that God promised us, and, but God, you promised me this. Man, I remember as a, as a little 13-year-old kid in Franklin, North Carolina, we brought a youth evangelist uh, to Franklin, where, uh, to a church that dad was on staff at, and he brought him for the second time in a row, and it was at, a, it was at, a, um, at the Fine Arts Center and backstage. I just, I, I just knew that I, w- I was supposed to be used in ministry. That's always been my desire uh, to do those things, and, and I remember him speaking over my life that one day you'll be used in another man's ministry before before your own ministry would begin. And I held on to that word like it was going to happen tomorrow as a 13-year-old kid. Every opportunity that I had to serve in someone else's ministry, I thought when this door closes, it's going to be time for mine. I'm talking about when God gives you a promise, but he's not always on your time schedule. How many knows as a 13-year-old kid, I still had a lot of growing up to do. As a 46-year-old kid, I still got a lot of growing up to do. Amen? It's true. Yes, I know, it's hard to believe. All that great, we just painted that in there. Abraham was 75 years old when God gave him the covenant promise, and it took 25 years until he saw the promise come to pass. I don't know about you, but 25 years is a long time to wait. And y'all know the story. <laughs> You're going to be the father of many nations. Bro, I'm, I'm 75. I'll stop right there. I, I'll just leave that alone. Listen, what, what was it? It was, it was promise and then process. Over and over in scripture, it's the promise, then the process. I never had an idea that when I was 13, that we would move to Chiefland. I would then begin working with the same youth evangelist that spoke into my life. There was never a plan to move to Chiefland, not according to the Webbers. And when we got here, I thought it was a mistake. No offense. 
But I'm like, this just must be a town we're stopping to get gas. And we pulled up in the U-Haul down a little street, and Dad said, pick what house is supposed to be ours. I would laid my head back down and go, this is a nightmare. I'm just being honest. Because, because, see, every time that God has a plan for you, it doesn't mean that it's going to be all right with you. See, the plan was more than just dad moving here and being a youth pastor at another church in town and then God raising up this ministry. There was more to it than just that. God's going to make you feel uncomfortable. I had no idea as a 13-year-old kid that it would be that I would be standing in the same ministry that my parents started. Had no idea. And it hasn't always felt good over the past few months. But there's a peace and an assurance that comes that when, when you drop your anchor, hello, when you drop your anchor and, and then all that fear and anxiety and frustration and all those questions stop. Well, we start pulling the anchor back up because well, things start to settle down. And as soon as things start settling down, the enemy starts stirring it all up again. But there is an assurance that comes that you know when you're called to do what you're called to do and you're right in the place that God wants you, everything else just kind of falls into place. And then the battle comes. Some of you, there are people that can't be here today. They may be watching, they can't be here today. They've been battling the virus. They've been battling this. They've been battling that. God's not trying to put another statistic on the board so white, the White House can talk about where we are. The devil is trying to kill you. Was Abraham perfect? No, he made a lot of mistakes. I know this is going to be a shock to you. Is Pastor B perfect? <laughs> no, I still make mistakes. And God still trusts me because he knows my heart. He's not looking on what's going on on the outside. He's looking at my heart. That's a whole other message. So let's go to Romans 4. Uh, 13 through 16 in an NLT. There it is. It says this, clearly God's promise, oh, I love this. This is, this, is, this is good. If you've been in church for a really long time and you grew up listening to the law, the law, the law, thou shalt not. Let's talk about what we need to be doing instead of don't do this and don't do that and don't do this and don't do that. I, this right here is going to set somebody free in the house. Don't do this. Don't do that. If you start talking about what we should be doing, I'm less likely to just follow that direction rather than whatever you magnify and put the, and put the, put the attention on, that's what you'll do. See, churches have got this messed up for way too long. Don't do, don't do, don't do. You just magnified everything and you made it look so delicious. Trying to help somebody today get set free. Clearly, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by what? Faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay, let's go. That was just a little... Extra. If God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary. Did you hear me? If God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then, then faith is not necessary and the promise is pointless. 
For the law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it. Have you ever been one of those? You, God, forgive me my sins. Then you go out and you, you, whatever that sin, whatever, you do it again and now you feel condemned. Anybody? The preacher just talked about it. Thou shalt not. And then it, Tuesday comes and it happens and you did it. And now you feel bad to all week long. Listen. For the law always brings punishment on those who try to keep it or obey it. The only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law to break. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. There's absolutely nothing you can do to earn God's love, his, his, his grace, and the prompt. There's nothing you can do. And we are, so the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift, and we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham's, for Abraham is the father of all who believe. God's promises are received by faith. Write that down. God's promises are received by faith. The NIV, did I put that up there? Oh, Romans 8, I think it's. 14 or 16, I can't remember. Or maybe it's 18. It says this, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. So when everything is coming against your hope, like Abraham, what he said was, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Who's he talking about? Jesus. And so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. Yeah, but Pastor B, I, I don't have hope. Listen, the Bible said when everything is coming against your hope, in hope, Jesus. In Jesus, believe. Believe what? That he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask according to the power that is work inside of us. You have a power. You have voltage inside of you. It's time to tap in. The lights in this room will not come on until somebody over there flips the switch. It's time for some people to flip the switch and tap into the power that's inside of you. We got to stop bootstrapping up and trying to muscle our way through life. God never intended for you to have to work so hard. He never said it would be easy, but he promised that he would always be with us. And I would rather be, I would rather, rather him be in my boat as I'm going through a storm than for me to be trying to backpedal all the way. Because y'all know the current of life is going in the opposite direction that where God is calling us to go. I would rather him be in my boat so he can help me turn this thing around. And I can tap into his power, his mercury, and head in the direction he's called me to go. So... What do I do when everything is coming against my hope and I feel like all hope is lost? How do I face impossible odds? I'm going to give you three quick points in the last remaining moments that we have. Then we go home or go out to eat, whatever. Y'all hungry? Say, but my spirit's more hungry. There you go. There you go. Right answer. How do I face impossible odds? Here it is. Number one, learn the language of God. Got to talk his language. What's the language of God? Faith. Faith. Walking by faith and speaking in faith doesn't mean that the pressure lets up. Mic check. It just means that the pressure no longer dictates my life. Walking by faith and speaking by faith doesn't mean that the pressure is going to subside. That's why we get, when that doesn't happen, we get our feelings hurt and we stay out of church until we really desperately need him more. 
Maybe not this church, but I'm just saying. No, no, it probably is. It's every church. Because God didn't move in like he thought. Listen, me speaking in faith doesn't mean the pressure's going to let up. It just means that the pressure's not going to dictate my decision to keep pressing forward. James 1.4 in the message translation says this. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. <laughs> I liked you up until that part, Pastor, because I'd be, I be needing to get out of some of this mess. But his word said, don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work. So you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. So what's that tell me? If I try to escape, and sometimes you can escape on your own. But if you didn't learn the test, you're going to take it again. Jay, you remember that? In school? Went past that test? What's she going to do the next, the next? That was a test on Friday. What's she going to do on Monday? Happy Monday. Retake. Why? They didn't have a curve back then, you know, where somebody else's score helped my score. No, I, had, I, I was all by myself. All by myself. Unless I sit by that smart person. You too, Jay? You sit by the smart person and cheat a little bit? He's like, why you put me on the spot like that? I'm just trying, you know, just figured if we being honest, we'll just be honest together. We can't let it dictate our life. I refuse. So what's it saying? When times get tough, settle in. When things don't make sense, settle in. God, I'm, I'm in this. I'm not sitting still. What do I need to be doing? How can I serve? What can I do? But God, I'm settling in to this test. I'm going to study. I'm going to prepare so that I can get through this and I can learn something from it. So if it comes back up again, I'm going to pass it again. It's like the test they give you at the beginning of the year. It was the same test they taught you at the end of the other year, the previous year, so they can remember if you retained all the information. God does the same thing to us. You took that test before. I'll, let me just see if you really learned something from it last time. Settling in in the midst of, <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to get comfortable when things are crazy. It's odd for us because when things get uncertain, we get unsettled. Many of us are like, can I just get past this? I'm not trying to get through this. I'm trying to grow through this. Maybe, I don't know what the situation is for you. Maybe it's trouble in your marriage. Maybe it's trouble in a relationship. Maybe it's that person that hurts you. Maybe it's unexplained health issues. Listen, what is it that God is wanting to teach you in whatever it is in your life? Let it do its work so it can cause you to become mature and well-developed. What am I saying? And in certain times, rest in Jesus. Listen, I don't know all the answers. Don't claim to, but I know the answer. I don't, I don't have all the answers. I may not be able to find all of them right here, but I trust him. Sure, it's painful, but there's a promise on the other side of process, and we don't like process. I don't, like, I don't like painting. I don't mind painting, but if it requires two coats, I'm not your boy because I'm like one and done. But if I got to come back two and three times, put a little kilts on it, and then put the color, I, that's not me. It's called process. We don't like it. Why? Because we're impatient. So what's most of our problem with God? We're impatient. Impatience will cause you to miss out on God's perfect 
blessing for your life. Somebody said, well, I just don't have faith. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to come down. I don't have faith. That's not true. Check that, bro. The Bible says in Romans 12, 3 in the King James Version that God hath dealt to everyone a measure of faith. Remember what I said earlier? Everything that you need to get through where you are is inside of you. You have a measure of faith, but it's like a muscle. It don't, it don't work, <laughs> clearly. It does not work unless you work it. He's given you everything that you need. It's, it's kind of like this. It's like a call and response song. Y'all know what a call and response song is? We will, we will. Now, why did you know that? You knew it, right? It's the same thing happened. Our faith comes against, when, when things are coming against us, it's like a call and response song. If it comes, I, I, go, to, I go to the word and I speak the word. Not everything that Facebook is telling me. I'm saying all that to say at some point you've got you've to learn the language of God. Verse after verse after verse. What is his language? Faith. Luke 7.50 says this. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Mark 5.34. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Luke 18.42. Recover your sight for your faith has made you well. 10, uh, Mark 10.52 says, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Over and over and over. It is your faith. It's God's language. In the face of fear, speak faith. In the face of pain, speak promise. In the face of heartache, speak hope. The language of God is faith. If I'm going to stand against all odds, learn the language of God. Number two, get the no out of the way. Dude, I thought I was already there. Get the no out of the way. If you want to know, if you want a K-N-O-W, know God, you've got to get your no, I'm not doing that, out of the way. I don't even have time. And number three. <laughs> Maybe I can use that another time. Number three, magnify the Lord in the middle of a mess. I just had a conversation with somebody this week about it. Magnify the Lord in the middle of the mess. Whatever you magnify becomes bigger. If you're magnifying your mess, that's what's going to be on the forefront of the picture screen of your life. David, the psalmist, said it this way in Psalms 31.3 in the New King James Version. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. That's why it's important for us to be in the building together because he didn't say, I'm going to magnify the Lord all by myself and I'm going to exalt him by myself. He said, no, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. What does magnify mean? It means making something bigger. How in the world do you make something that is as big as it's ever going to be bigger than what it is? You can't. It's kind of like this. Some of y'all remember if you've been going to church for a really long time, they're going to go, we're getting ready to have a move of God. Y'all remember that? Let me tell you something. God don't move. God don't move. If God moved, he would, that means he would have to move from point A to point B, which means he would have to leave where he is and move. God doesn't move. God manifests. 
Listen, I'm just trying to help school you. Just, it's, he's not moving. He's wanting you to move. And your move will allow him to manifest in your life. If you, were to, if you were to shoot off planet Earth on a rocket and go to the deepest, darkest, blackest hole out there in outer space, God would say peekaboo because he's there too. He can't leave and show up here. He's not moving. He occupies it all. That's how big God is. So magnify the Lord in the middle of a mess. In closing, we got there. So what do you do when you find, when we find ourselves in a mess? How do we face impossible circumstances and stand against all odds? We learn the language of God, which is faith, and we speak faith. We get our no out of the way. I, I, I want, there's so, so much in that right there, but I know... Removing my no brings God's yes. And most of the time we say no because we don't understand and we can't see it. That's because we don't have faith. So you can't move to step two if you hadn't got step one, and that's speak faith. And number three, magnify the Lord in the middle of a mess. We're going to have more talks like this. This is real stuff. Because never before in the history are we facing fear and anxiety and depression. and All... Everything has been put in order for us to be, be in freak-out mode. In your face, is that what you said? It's in our face. So we're going to talk about this kind of stuff. It's not always going to be hail, fire, and brimstone. It's going to be, how do I get through tomorrow? And I believe God's coming back. And I believe there's a real hell. I believe that. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. I do believe that. But I also need to know how do I get through what I'm going through right now. God is calling us to expand his kingdom here on earth. For Release City Church, it's not about building a church. Which, by the way, I just had a conversation this week with the property owner. We're close, guys. We're over 30,000. In the middle of a pandemic, we launched when there was nobody here but 12 leaders and all y'all were at home. And the enemy was laughing at me. B, you really think you're going to launch a building campaign in the middle of a pandemic when everybody's trying to hold on to everything they got? We're at 30,000. So when I say I trust him, I trust him. But it's not about building a church. And we proved that this past Easter when we had over 13,000 eggs for, for an egg thing that we normally do. What'd we do? We gave 4,000 to this church, 4,000 to this church, 4,000 to this church. So that the enemy could see we're not trying to build our kingdom. We're trying to expand God's kingdom. So we sowed a seed into the other churches that they go, man, we're not trying to, we're not trying to talk about what we're doing. But we're trying to change the atmosphere and how it's been all of our lives. If you don't have this title outside of your church, we can't, we can't be together. <laughs> There ain't no separate subdivisions in heaven. Hello. That's Baptist Street. That's Charismatic Street. We put a little extra, put a little extra asphalt in case y'all get into that dancing thing, y'all, you know. 
No, we're all together. Them tags gonna drop off on the way down. Them little tags we like to wear. I'm Baptist, I'm Methodist. Them little tags that you're gonna burn off on the way down or fall off on the way up. I'm just saying. So we're called to change the atmosphere. God gave me this many years ago, and I, I think I've used it before since we moved, but I'm gonna show God has called us to change the atmosphere. You know what this is? Compliments of tractor supply. I didn't even know they still made these kind. I asked for a thermometer and they looked at me like I was asking for the. I was like, no, not the one to put in my horse. One, this. I had to pull a picture up on Google. Pastor B got a horse? I don't know. I like to ride horses, though. <clears throat> anyway. Um, this right here was designed to tell the temperature in the room. But it has no power to do anything about it. It just says, this is what's happening. This is what's going on. This is what the temperature is. These items, compliments of my good buddy, Mr. Jeff Bennett at Bennett Heating and Air. These are called thermostats. These will tell you what the temperature in the room is right now. But it has no power to change anything. Until I connect these to the power that's in the room, they have no ability to change. But if I put the power to this thing, I have the ability not just to tell you what the temperature is, but I can change and do something about it, like we do in our house. <laughs> Y'all like in the church house too, <laughs> not, to, not in the summer months. And I asked Jeff, I said, can I have, I wanted one of those round ones, you know, the old ones that you turn the dial. It doesn't matter. I'm talking to Christians. Too many Christians. This is what's going on. This is what the temperature is. This is what's happening. But you ain't changed nothing in 50 years. That's because you're not tapped into the power. So I said, I want one of the old ones and I want one of the new digital ones. It don't matter if you're 46 like me, younger than me, or older than me. <laughs> I just had it. It don't matter how you do it. You can... It still will work. It's still functional. You can still connect to the power and change the atmosphere in your home. You may be of the digital age. Listen, podcasts and all those, the, 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 everything was created by God and for God, but the enemy, all he can do is pervert it and twist it. Just because you have access to it doesn't mean that it's positive for your life. You may be of the digital age. You're, you're wanting to... Listen, get the word of God in you so when, when adversity comes and the odds are stacked against you, you can begin speaking in faith and get your no out of the way and say, God, that's what you want for my life. I'm about it. And, and then I'm going to magnify the Lord. Why? Because he has a plan for me and I can't get there without him. Come on, bless. I can't get there without him. John 3.16 says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that who would ever just believe would not perish but have everlasting life God has a plan for you and it's the, it's the, the odds that are stacked against you that is trying to prevent you from getting there if you hear nothing else today hear this God loves you and he cares about you and he has a plan for your life 
Speak faith. Get your no out of the way. And magnify the Lord. In Jesus' name. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media or head over to our website at releasecitychurch.org and click on the giving link and help us to continue to share the message of Jesus and his hope with the world. God bless you. Have an awesome week.